Blog Talk Radio. Cheese on the Outside his Boxing Podcast, coming to you live on this 22nd of July, 2018. As always, what's going on, folks? How's everybody doing in this summertime of ways? Hope a lot of you boxing fans out there paying attention to the show are not of the similar type to the millennials that are following what's trendy, I guess you could say, for nowadays. Guys don't want to find yourself in a hospital for trying to do some sort of in my feelings challenge. We've been doing that thing a lot in California for a long time, probably seven years ago, something like that, called Ghost Riding the Whip. But now I guess it's hot to do it to a Drake song and have grown men doing hand hearts and things like that. I don't know. I guess it's that time. Another time that it's in, is the doggy dark world of sports during this time of the year. Hell, if you're a baseball fan, you're doing real good right now. You probably can't even tell. It's a hotbed coming up starting right now, and we're going in. It'll pick up in October. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Sound coming in pretty hard there, my guy. But um, as you can see, folks, my man Willa, Always traveling the world. We used to have a guy who used to travel a lot on the old podcast we came from, Patty Cronin. You follow him at Patty OTG on Twitter. You see he's still got the uh, picture with his cat, I believe, and also a picture being with Guillermo Rigondeaux. Not so sure he finds that one so much prestigious right now. Or if anyone can even find Rigondeaux. But that's neither here nor there. My man Will is always traveling, doing big things, as he mentioned on the uh, show last, having fun in Vegas. I mean, my guy's uh, doing the whole water skiing thing. He, my man's he's, he's, uh, he's out there. Me, we're getting ready to make a trip this following week, get together with my man in person for the first time since we – took over the reins as far as the tag team champions and podcasting over at OTG. Had a good run. Now we're making things happen here, which I would continue to call an upstart podcast, but we're doing pretty good for ourselves so far. I have great listeners, good feedback, um, great uh, reviews and support from the people that are, you know, tuning into us. Coming from OTG, as I mentioned, having the same cast. Mine is Vladimir Putin. So we had a pretty good week in boxing. Boxing fans uh, 
could really enjoy from a lot of different standpoints of where the fan bases are. If you tried to explain to someone, as I did yesterday, can you put it on HBO so we can see the fight? Oh, who's fighting? Oh, it's uh, Jaime Munguia against Liam Smith. First of all, Jaime Munguia is really young, and the public remembrance of Liam Smith with him, you know, getting destroyed by Canelo. Not necessarily destroyed. He did pretty good, but getting broken down by Canelo Alvarez some years ago. Casual boxing fans wouldn't really know what we're talking about when it comes to this whole situation here. Also, when you talk to the American public, he had a damn good cruiserweight uh, uh, undisputed uh, uh, title in the championship series over in the U.K. with Alexander Usyk and Murad Gassia. Fighting for the Covenant Ali Trophy, which is really nice, by the way. Love the whole scenery over there. Everything looked gorgeous. Not really worried about having to watch the fight at 2 o'clock around our time. Doesn't bother me that much. You had last year's Outsiders Boxing Podcast Fighter of the Year going to Sorosket Sor Arungasai having his homecoming fight. Showcase, as we called him. Had Anthony Joshua getting set up with Alexander Povietkin. He also had Big Baby also involved as he, as those of you know, signing to the, the zone deal from Eddie Hearn, making his presence felt. As we always know, Jarrell Big Baby Miller to do is to get people's attention with stuff he says. Drum Miller, definitely a good character. Definitely someone good to have in the heavyweight division. Um, also have a little bit of social media beef going on. To the surprise of no one when it comes to the Flash, Ryan Garcia. Going at it with Javante Davis. Going back and forth, and supposedly they're going to have a little meeting in the gym. Similar to the way Deontay Wilder went and seen Charlie Zellin off at his gym. <laughs> Except I think Ryan Flash is a little bit better than Charlie Zellin off. So, yeah, that'd be one of those. Go live on uh, Instagram. Put it out there. I want to see this one if he goes to his gym and they get some doghouse real sparring. That'd be dope. And then, of course, it never gets old. Well, I guess it is old. But you got Floyd Mayweather and 50 Cent arguing again like the divorced couple that they are. Both personalities of these guys Alphas in general. When they first got together back on 24-7, and Floyd had a best friend who saw the way things went, just like 50 Cent saw the way things were. Strong personalities, though. They're bound to have a clash here and there. Funny stuff, though, coming up from what we got involved listed in every one of these subjects. 
But as I mentioned, my man D. Willa is at the airport right now. And whenever he has time to come in, he will come in. I was one of the fans yesterday that was kind of at it all day as far as the fight starting early. But I want to get to the fight they had on HBO for starters. No need to build up from the ground up. Let's go straight from the top. We're going to go to Janelle here in a second. Let me just give my take on this fight. Javi Munguia is a guy who relevantly got noted by boxing fans when he was the kid whose name was thrown in the hat to face Gennady Golovkin when Canelo and his fight was canceled due to the clambuterol tainted meat. Not who this young guy that Triple G's trying to fight. Why don't he just fight Dervichenko? He don't want to fight Dervichenko. He's going to go after Jaime Munguia, a young, undefeated, big Mexican kid. Heavy puncher. Did not get sanctioned by the inexperience of Jaime Munguia. Just so happened, he gets a replaced fight being the challenger for Saddam Ali's junior middleweight title at 154 that he got from Miguel Cotto. And everybody was like, well, you know, relatively unheard of kid. I think Saddam Ali should look good and take care of business. The complete opposite of that. And for what he did, he being Jaime Munguia, no disrespect whatsoever, but the kid is a really big kid, and when he's fighting at 154, there's a notable difference. Saddam Ali, like a complete punching bag in that fight, stood little to no chance. There was an instance where he got a couple punches in where Jaime Munguia's defense is nowhere near the elite level, but the power didn't bother him, and he was able to continue. That was what we seen yesterday. Solid start. A very solid start by Liam Smith. I don't know what the fuck Letterman was watching by giving three of the first four rounds to Jaime Munguia. Jim struggled a little bit. Personally, I thought he lost the first three rounds. After that, business as usual. Struggled early with a jab, and I looked at the fight and said, huh. And he was in there with a really good boxer that could continue and not run away from the jab. I could see a little bit of Ruslan Provotnikov struggle. Now, not to get carried away, he's only 21 years of age. And he does have a heavy punch. And doesn't seem to be bothered by the fighters at 154 we've seen recently. He's been in talks saying, I'd like to unify with Jared Hurd. Jared Hurd looked at him like an elephant would look at an ant. Thinks that kid needs to keep his mouth quiet as he's still green and perform. He wanted to make easier work of Liam Smith yesterday than fellow Mexican fighter Saul Canelo Alvarez did when he faced Liam Smith. Didn't happen that way. I'm telling you, after the performance he had against Saddam Ali and now Liam Smith, we got a front runner for Outsiders Boxing Podcast, Bully of the Year. And he goes by the name of Jaime Munguia from Tijuana, Mexico. And that's no disrespect, but, man, he's ragdolling dudes in there. Much respect to Liam Smith for that fight. But 
I don't want to take up all day. We have a uh, special show lined up for us today. Can't wait to get to everybody involved. But I want to take it to my man, Janelle. Uh, I spoke to Janelle earlier in the week and uh, was pretty excited about this show coming up, uh, especially with the fights that was on hand. I want to take it to my man, Janelle, see how he's doing and where he's at. Because, I mean, I'm telling you, Will is always traveling. Janelle's always traveling. For the most part, I'm taking a three-hour drive to Los Angeles if I ain't going back to MIA. But this heat got me just wanting to chill so far, so I'll save my traveling. I'll let these guys pick up the load. But, uh, Janelle, are you with this man outside of boxing podcast? What's going down, man? Hey, what's going on, yo? I just finished putting in some hard rounds. Yeah, I'm back. Listen to the show. All right, though. How was your weekend, man? Staying busy? Staying in the gym? Always, man. Oh, that's my life, man. Looking forward to uh, uh, looking forward to next week. You know, what I'm saying, looking forward to the Garcia fight. Can't wait for that one. You know, see what Garcia is. I mean, I just can't wait for it. I think Garcia's gonna really rise to the occasion. I'm really sure the world, but I still think he's committing suicide. He's going to 147 to fight in Spence. But nevertheless, yeah. I mean, it, it does cause intrigue for the sport, you know. It does excite the sport, and I'm I'm definitely looking forward to it. You know. Nah, for sure. I hear you, man. I'm 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 uh I've been counting the days down, ready for that one. Pretty hyped up for that fight. But um, you know, a fighter that a lot of people are putting a lot of stock and hype into is uh deserved or not, I'd say more so yes because of what he's done recently. Is this young kid from Tijuana, Mexico, Jaime Munguia, had an amazing performance against Saddam Ali just basically ragged on him and then yesterday against Liam Smith I, I mean I don't know about you Janelle but when I seen it maybe in the first six rounds of the fight I didn't think it was going to go 12 at all Liam Smith was getting chopped to the body this is a big kid who wasn't affected by anything that Liam Smith was doing because Liam Smith was landing some good shots on him behind him on gear didn't seem to have a problem with any of it kept coming forward kept um putting the pressure on him and just stand right there in close pockets, throwing a couple wild shots. But he was so close after the first three rounds when he was able to get his distance in. He was just throwing some dangerous punches in there. Yeah, um, oh, yeah, definitely, definitely. What, uh, uh, what do you definitely think about this young kid? Uh, my eyes open a little bit, you know, but I still think he has to prove himself a little more. You know, um, but my eyes are definitely open with him, you know. Let's see if he could carry that Mexican torch, you know what I mean? Any any uh, glaring gaps or or flaws in this game that you've seen yesterday? Because this kid is very green. I mean, 21 years old, young guy. And uh, oh, yeah. at times he, he was uh, in there with the vet that kind of gave him a little bit of problems, you know, for starters, until he got warmed up. Oh, yeah, yeah, oh, definitely. But like I say, I, I, I hope they don't rush the kid. I mean, he's 21 years old. It's like, look at Crawford, for instance. I mean, Crawford was groomed at a weight that he was way too big for, and he took his time with him. And that's the way you got to groom a lot of these young kids. But you can't just throw them in the fire so uh, so from the early age in their career. I mean, imagine if Crawford would have began his career at 147. Think he'll still be unbeaten right now? I don't think so. I mean, you got to really groom these guys. So, I mean, the guy's only 21 years old, so I'm saying groom them. Um, don't put them in there with anything, anything, uh, anything too solid yet. You know what I mean? Just take your time and and have him work on his game a lot more. And, uh, and improve his craft and work on his craft. Richie Rich. 
Right. Does that right. makes sense. No, I, I hear you. No, I hear you. I, I don't think that they want to uh, rush anything forward with them so quick. But I, I noticed that a lot of people are uh, not only putting the stock in them, but putting the um, they're, they're boosting the rocket on them already. You know, if you see Roy Jones posting yesterday on Instagram, taking a picture with Jaime Munguia and you know captioning, uh, you know, I'm just going verbatim here, but and like I said, man, that could be the um, that could be the downfall of Fosman Square. I need to be like David Reed in a few minutes of training that scene soon. And after you never heard from the guy again. It's like, man, you don't want to throw him to the wolves so soon in their career. I mean, you got to really mold him and work on their, uh, and work on their craft a little more. I mean, I, I endorse that guy to getting in over to Canelo Alvarez so soon. I mean, the guy is just, you know what I mean? It's just like, it's just no. I mean, you got to really grin this kid. You got to really work on his game. Because, I mean, that could be the end of his career. You can't put him in there with some, oh, over like one of the top guys in the weight class just yet. Yeah, no, I hear you. I hear you. He looks like a guy. Um, as we mentioned, uh, was uh, big kid was uh, wanting to get in there with Gennady Golovkin so soon. So before we're even talking about him uh, running through Saddam Ali and uh, Ragdoll and Liam Smith for twelve rounds, still trying to get in there with the big dogs ahead of himself before these two fights happen. As we're saying right now. They need to pace him and not get him in there, throw him in there with the wolf so soon. But he is ready to get in there with, you know, the top dog at the middleweight, uh, quote unquote. So I mean, uh, ballsy fucking kid for sure to start to be willing to start off his career uh, uh, this way. You know, um, Liam Smith. In his career, he his career. Yeah, no, I, definitely. Um, I, I think the he's not taking much punishment. So you know. Um, as far as them running him into the ground, I don't see it happening yet. But he he definitely doesn't have the best of defense, and and uh, and and it, it'd be interesting to see if he goes in there with a the guy who doesn't abandon the jab after the first three rounds, like Liam Smith did yesterday. Because for the first three rounds, like I said, I don't know what Letterman was watching, but I gave the first three rounds to Liam Smith, and I was wondering if he could keep that up because he was making Jaime Munguia look very limited. Oh yeah, for sure, for sure. Sometimes that jab, man, if you just fall behind it, everything else falls in place. If you, every time you hear a trainer when they're talking about things that they could have done better in the fight, well, if they would have stuck to their jab and, and got the jab out there a little bit more, you hear it, it's old cliche in boxing. And yesterday it was just proven because as soon as Liam Smith got away from the jab that set everything up, well, he started to get tagged uh, from a, a whole lot of different places. Body shots, he, I mean, you, there was one instance And that's why the jab where, is so important, because it offsets so much. It offsets so much, sure. and it sets up so much. Oh, definitely. I mean, um, uh, it wasn't to the level of Roy Jones throwing consecutive body shots to Virgil Hill, but it was uh, three heavy left hands to the body consecutively in a row, all that Liam Smith at one point in time, and this kid is, you know, he's winding up pretty heavy back, and he's a big kid throwing forward, so some of these, I believe one body shot he got right on the money, little hook he, he uh, dug into, you know, it sounded like a, like a damn shotgun going off in the building, so um, I, I'll be the first to say I didn't expect Liam Smith to go out or, or to, to go 12 rounds, so uh, much respect to Liam Smith, hell of a fight, the crowd is hype, I mean, it was a, a really, really good fight. Now, was it the highest level of competition in the sport? No. But it was a very entertaining fight. And 
I think anybody watching that fight could have been thoroughly enjoyed and, and, and pleased with the performance of both guys yesterday. Um, if you had to give each fighter a letter grade, Janelle, if you're being a uh, scout, quote-unquote, when you're watching these two guys go, what do you grade both these fighters after that performance? As far as a letter grade. Janelle might be having a problem with the mute button, but I'll go first. Yeah, I'm a gentleman. I could pass off the ball a lot over once and twice in my career. But, uh, you know, Janelle's in them New York streets as we lost them. Might be going through a tunnel or something like that. So, um, you know, on a great performance, I like Jaime Munguia. I really do. I like what I see from the kid. Um, But if I was going to give him a performance grade, I would probably look at him being given a – I'd give him a solid B. I would say a B minus, but I'm not going to be that disrespectful because the kid uh, did find a way to get past struggling and not letting himself struggle for the rest of the fight. Uh, Going from the fourth round on, he definitely was there and wasn't worried about anything that Liam Smith had to offer. So um, a solid B performance that is a passing grade for any of those thinking that I'm shortchanging him or something like that. Wasn't thoroughly impressed, but nonetheless, was a hell of a fight. So how could you not be impressed at the end of the day? For Liam Smith to give him a, uh, uh, I want to say a B plus, but he did take an L at the end of the day. So I'm going to give him a solid B as well. Hung in there against a big guy. Fought really tough. And uh, it'd be interesting to see if any sort of injury report comes on about his left ankle, because you heard them talking about it through the commentary throughout the fight. But if you were just watching it as I was outdoors with a couple of my partners, couldn't really hear the commentary, but I've seen people talking about it on social media, Twitter and Instagram and things of that nature. But I've noticed when Liam Smith was walking up, I think it was after the knockdown he suffered after replay to see how he actually fell. If it was that ankle that got injured, because he was walking on, walking and rolling on his ankle a lot during the fight. And, you know, anybody who's played hoops or, hell, even football, if you, you got your cleats and take a wrong step and, and roll that ankle, I'm, I don't like watching people roll their ankles or, or injury videos on YouTube and stuff like that. I'm not saying that I have a weak stomach because I don't, but I just don't like to see injuries like that because I just get a – remembrance of what kind of a feeling is like when you roll your ankle. I could probably remember the last three times I rolled my ankle, which was in maybe a five-year span, but you just never forget when it happens because it's so, it's one of the worst parts of basketball when you roll your goddamn ankle. And, um, you know, when I was watching that yesterday, I was like paying attention to his left ankle when he was moving and he would walk on it and it rolled to the side. He'd be trying to step back, roll to the side, as you've seen at the end of the fight tried to stand up on the ropes and couldn't do it. I know adrenaline is a hell of a thing involved in combat sports or combat in general. But I definitely want to see if there was an injury report on that. Give a little bit extra of a boost for Liam Smith being able to hang in there if possibly injured against a big young bull like Jaime Munguia. Um, Definitely impressive. Uh, Janelle? Back with us. Uh, Letter grade from both guys. Uh, If you were a scout, 
in the building or just paying attention to TV, getting them ready for one of your guys. A letter grade from both these fighters yesterday, Jaime Munguia and Liam B.C. Smith. I give Munguia. I mean, even though he won, I give him a C plus. I mean, I'm of course things he got to work on still. I mean, as any young fighter at 21 years of age has to do, you know. Um, but I say a C plus. What a C plus B. Um, I want to see more. I mean, but again, he did what he had to do against the guy that gave him what he gave him. So it's, you know what I mean, it's just. I mean, it's, it's hard to give a grade on, on that level of competition. I mean, I mean, I, I'll give him a C plus. Oh, I hear you. No doubt, no doubt. I, I, I'm with you. I gave him a B. I was like, you know, B minus is what I wanted to give him. But he did get the W, and he won nine rounds at the end of the day. 21 years old. Um, I'll give him the. I mean, he's got a uh, I'll give him. He's got a future ahead of him. I just hope he don't get too big for his britches so soon. The way he he's acting, I mean, just don't get too big for your britches, man. It's way on your career, man. Take your career a one fight at a time. Don't jump against him nah. so soon. Oh, for sure. No, I definitely, I hear you. I hear you, man. Um, it was one of those deals, but hey, we'll see how he looks in his next performance coming off that complete bully, just domination effort against Saddam Ali and then just pushing around. Well, actually, he was the one getting pushed around yesterday because Liam Smith was having to resort to that. Uh, even caught him with an elbow early in the fight, which the referee didn't see. That was a, it was a solid right elbow as he missed with the cross. The elbow landed. And then he threw a, a left hand, a left hook to follow up on it. So Jaime Minier, not only is he eating these punches, he took a pretty good forearm right on the nose yesterday in the early rounds of that fight, followed by a solid hook. So he's uh, he's definitely got a, um, a a hard head, to say the least, right now. Because Liam Smith did land a lot of good shots yesterday. But um, another fight that happened, and that's why I don't give him that much for high grade because again, Smith did land a lot of good shots, like you said. I don't give him like oh, no, extremely no, no, high no, grade. No, for sure. No, no, for sure. I hear you. Don't worry about it, man. You, you, got, you got your grade, and that's how you feel. I, I feel the same way. So I don't want to rate him too high myself, but, you know, it's whatever. He got the dub and took care of me. Uh, yesterday, I guess you could have a case for both sides, whether you were impressed or not thoroughly impressed with some sort of things involved with Alexander Ustik far as power with doing things like that. He was in the Super Series yesterday for cruiserweight supremacy against Murai Gassiev. Now, this tournament's been going on for a while, and I was hyped for it. I told Will I think he should check it out because I've been watching fights in this tournament. It's been really good. But yesterday when I made it to my comfort zone, got on the phone and watched this fight. There wasn't really much of competition going on. Garcia just let homeboy punch the hell out of him with numerous punches and didn't really have much to, uh, I mean, not, not only fire back, but at some point or another, your heart's got to get in it. You got to, I'm not saying hulk up or nothing like that, but, you know, ain't nobody just going to keep hitting me in the face and I'm going to have the same stupid look coming forward like I got two left le- two left feet. You know what I'm saying? So, uh, very unimpressed yesterday from Murai Garcia. 
it was uh you if you, you if you didn't know what stipulations were on the line, you would think it was just a regular fight that had no meaning besides a guy trying to cash out on one end and on the other end the guy doing exactly what he wanted to and probably trained to do for the exact moment in that ring that we've seen the entire time. I had interesting comments coming from, you know, former OTG family like Nino Celic, who was pulling for Alexander Usyk, but said that he thought Gassiev was going to win the fight. Didn't go that way. So I know Nino Celic was very happy yesterday. The, the uh, correspondent from overseas definitely had it that way. But uh, nonetheless, man, this Alexander Usyk and Murad Gassiev, it, it, it gave me a Bad taste on it because I was hyped for it and it, you know, bottom line, I'm not going to sugarcoat with nothing. It looked like shit to me. It really did. Muragasi, of the fact of the matter of him not showing no heart, Abel Sanchez having to tell him in the 10th to 11th round, you're going to have to win by knockout. He could have told him that in the 7th round because he got completely washed, didn't show much, had maybe two big shots landed in the fight, but it was easy work business as usual for Alexander Usyk. And let's not forget about Murad Gassiev smiling at the end of the fight. You just got washed. Lost your belt. Had a chance to be the man at the cruiserweight division. Instead, you go on the L end and you're smiling. I can't train somebody like that, man. I understand there's people who are professional athletes based on stature alone, given advantages and opportunities that others might not have. But you just know when someone's got love of the game, love for the game, or love for the sport, I should say, because boxing is not a game. I didn't see no love for the sport yesterday. For Murad Gassia. I really did it. And not only that, not like he was getting bombed on. He was getting tagged. He was getting peppered. But Usyk didn't have that much power to me. He didn't show that much power. Some of the shots he was landing. I'm not going to poo-poo the fight completely. Game plan and all that gets put into consideration. Abel Sanchez. Got a couple trainers of the year under his belt. You should be able to give some better instructions than that. But it's hard to give somebody instructions how to turn things around in a fight when they're getting completely washed when I don't see any heart in the man at all. And I hate to question things like that because, like I said, I was hyped for this fight. But the simple fact of the matter that Garcia was smiling at the end of the fight when he lost such a significant fight, man. You wonder if some of these guys are made of the right stuff. One's got to wonder. I'm just an observative of this game, man. Definitely not an agent of misinformation. So uh, this fight yesterday, Janelle, was a big deal. We're going to go to you first. I see JP's on. JP, hang with this man. We're going to go to you after this. But, Janelle, did you see this fight going on yesterday, and what was your view from it? Am I just being a little harsh in my critiquing of Murai Garcia? No, not not at all. That was a terrible performance. That was terrible. Um, That was made it look so easy. I mean, cause he, I mean, cause I feel, I mean, I, I mean, he just looked terrible, man. It was, I, mean, I was, I was very disappointed. 
extremely. Now, now I, I, mean, I expected a, a very close fight and had a very hard-fought match, and I didn't get it. Janelle, if you were in Gassiev's corner, if you're in the position of Abel Sanchez, what do you tell a fighter like that? I'm sure you've seen guys in the gym who you know they got it, but when they get taken to that dark place, it's hard to come out to the light, man. Yeah, yeah, I mean, yeah, of course. I mean, I mean, he just, he just like he didn't want to be there or something. He like he didn't want to be there or something. He just, he just didn't seem right. It just, it was, it was, it, it was no good performance, really. That was very it definitely wasn't, man. It's definitely disappointing, and for the significance of it, to get the Ali Trophy, they had this whole tournament built up, and I mean, you're talking about the one and two. Both guys got the belts going for the supremacy of a division, which unifying a division like cruiserweights, as we mentioned, if it's a, I mean, a notable uh, division being unified, you're arguable for top 10 pound for pound. So for him to just kind of go out the way he did, bad thing, bad thing. It's going to be hard for him to try and get fans to watch his, his upcoming fight after a performance like that. I haven't seen yeah. a championship fight that bad in a long time. Yeah. Because, I mean, look, he didn't want to be there. I mean, I can name plenty of guys who basically lost their stock, who, who stock plummeted from fighting like that. I mean, just, like, not really showing up and not just, like, uh, giving extra effort. I'm not going to say you lose and getting out of class, but give an effort, man. Give an effort for crying out loud. And, I mean, it's just, there's no coming back from that in my eyes, man. I'm not on the world scene, not on the, on the, um, on that platform. I mean, he had the biggest platform there was. I mean, going in Shield, man. I mean, you're a title holy coach of a world yeah. champion, but it, it's, uh, ew, ew. Not for one minute did I see Liam Smith go into his corner, hands sideways to his hips as he doesn't know what to do. And he was in a lot more fucking trouble than Gassiev was against Usyk in his fight against a bigger Jaime Munguia. Now, if he has that sort of a dog in him effort, like Liam Smith did, no way his stock's going down. But to be completely terrible, you know, I mean, that's just a bad look, dude. And I can't give a guy a pass like that. And, look, I was going for Murad Gassiev, not from a fan perspective. as He's my boy, but I just saw analytically from what I've seen from him, I thought he should be able to take care of Usyk because I didn't think that his power was going to affect Gassiev. But it was more of the peppering that happened and, you know, for a guy to have such a fucking loser's type of mentality as far as what he was showing body language-wise, you know, I might have to slap him. Like Angel Garcia did Danny Garcia in the Lucas Matisse fight if I was close enough <laughs> to him, and obviously if I was an old man and, you know, he ain't going to do nothing to me. I might have had to slap him because he needed something to get him motivated. And I don't know, man, if something like if, – if, if all the marbles that are up for grabs and, you know – Everything as far as stipulations put into this whole buildup, that's not enough to get you mentally prepared and get you ready to do what needs to be done to get this W being down in the hole. And I don't know if we could work with you going forward, man. So uh, we'll see how that goes with Abel Sanchez because I'm sure Abel Sanchez is kind of questioning if I want to get back out there with this guy and put a stain on my resume. You got to see if he he still got it in him. He, I mean, he, he he looked like I'm not saying he gave up the ghost, but you know he. Uh, just, well, it was a ugly, uh, Abel Sanchez ugly, can't ugly give up on him. I'm able saying, I'm able Sanchez because oh Triple G's on the downslide, so like that's just like his golden nugget right now. But he's got to find his never um 
is never a big thing because uh, Triple G is going down. I mean, he's on the downslide of his career. And it's a few days ahead of him. Uh, you know what I'm saying? So, I mean, I can't see Abel Sanchez. Gotta, Abel Sanchez can't give up on him. He's got to go back to the drawing board and just, you know I mean, uh, just uh, just correct what didn't get corrected. Next, I don't know, but... Yeah, you can't yeah, give up on kids. Time for, time for uh, Abel Sanchez to drop him off in, uh, in El Royal Heights or Los Angeles or something like that. Let him find his way back home. Maybe he'll be a little bit tougher. But speaking of the Heights in Los Angeles, I want to take it to my man, GP, uh, JP. Hang out with us for a little bit. You know, we'll get right back to you. We got JP on the line, and he will have finally been able to get himself in a clear spot ready to go to us. But let's take it to Long Beach. And see how my man JP's doing. JP, outside his boxing podcast, always a pleasure to have you on, my man. How you doing today? Man, all is well. It's a beautiful day. It's like seventy-five degrees. Nothing but blue skies, as Ooh. usual. Um, but yeah, though, man. Uh, for me, you know, a little disappointed as usual. I, I've never been high on either of these guys because. For me, when you have a a big fighter like a a big sized guy, and you see him able to connect a lot, but the punches don't hurt people, it's just uh-huh. not appealing. It's not appealing for me. You know, I like to see guys, and that's why I never could really buy into a fighter like Joe Calzaghe because you hit people a lot, but it doesn't hurt them. It's kind of like Uh-oh. the Estrada guy. That's Janelle's guy right there. <laughs> but go ahead, go ahead. But so, and that's the same thing with Usyk. You see this big specimen of a guy, but uh-huh. he doesn't hurt people. You know, it's it's like it's he's like a large version of Lomachenko, but to a lesser athletic degree. And so for me, he's just not appealing. Uh, Gassiev, I never really bought into. I'm like, are you kidding me? This guy is dirt slow. The first guy that comes his way with any agility and know-how will beat him. You know what I mean? He's just beating people off of brute strength. That doesn't go that far in boxing. So, and Usyk, you know, I could see this guy being a tough out for anyone because he's big, you know, and he he knows how to box. Now he, he can't hurt you, so he has to. So he, he's kind of built his his um his offensive game to suit himself well. He has good endurance, it seems. He's he's not looking to out you, really. He's just looking to win rounds, and he, he knows his capabilities. But in the same breath, I want to see him be able to hurt people. He looks like he should hurt people, and he doesn't hurt people. It's the same thing with your boy um, Gerald Miller. It's like you got this 300-pound guy, but he can't hurt nobody. You know what I mean? So And he got all kind of cut. Big dude. <laughs> Yeah, all them cuts, you you look in Terminator, you look in the full part, you know, if he dies, he dies. You you look in all that, but you just ain't really doing it when it gets in the ring. But that's just a personal opinion, you know, a win's a win, and this is championship boxing. He's clearly at an elite level in the sport, and I think he'd be a tough out for anyone, but I do believe the right guy will get him out of there. You know, the right guy who those tricks don't work on will get him out of there. And um, we'll see going forward. But, again, I'm not excited for this guy. I've never been high on Gassiev. And, I've, you know, I'm 
somewhat high on Usyk's career and how it's going to go, but I'm not excited for him. So that's where I am with that. Oh, man, I feel you on that 100%, bro. Um, you know, I was uh, wondering if, if I came on a little bit strong with the critique of both guys, as, you know, you you, you mentioned really no power coming from anything Usyk was throwing, landing a hell of a lot of shots. Hell, even snuck in a couple good uppercuts that landed uh, not necessarily on the chin, but, you know, right on, the t- right on his forehead, right on his nose. And he landed really good shots, but never seemed to be in, in any danger with Garcia. But, hey. If I'm going to critique both guys, you know, and, and try to take some sort of positives out of it, Murat Garcia might have been trying to knock him out with his head landing on his fist for the most part, seeing if he could get him out of there with a hand injury or something like that. So <laughs> I didn't think I was – it was not impressive to me whatsoever. And for it to be such a big fight, man, I was I was disappointed. Um, it didn't do it for me, man. I, and, and as I mentioned, the scenery was beautiful, the 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 – Everything about it, as far as the trophy being right there at ringside, the Ali trophy that they were fighting to get along with the belt, it, it had the fan base hype and all that. And for it to, just to be a dud, it was a, a disappointing. But um, um, the uh, Jaime Munguia and Liam Smith fight that we covered first before you got to us, any thoughts that you want to put on to that one? Because that's a, another kid, as I mentioned, Roy Jones taking pictures with before the, the fight, saying that this is the next up-and-coming star in boxing, 21-year-old uh, bruiser and Jaime Munguia going in there with a guy like Liam Smith who's been battle-tested with uh, uh, the likes of the, the, some of the best young fighters today as far as getting in there when he did with Canelo Alvarez and looking good at times. But we have to look at this Jaime Munguia with the similar way we looked at Earl Spence when he started coming up in competition uh, still very green, 21 years of age, but he was already trying to get in the ring with Gennady Golovkin before he got in there with Saddam Ali and Liam Smith yesterday. Your thoughts on that fight, my man? Uh, I like I like Jaime Munguia. Um, do I think he can beat any of the guys at the top of 154? Uh, no, I think he'll have a tough night. You gotta he has he needs a few more wrinkles in his game before we're talking Charlo or Laura, but um. More more so than anything was the desperation on HBO's behalf. Uh, it's just clear that they're desperate to have somebody that is noteworthy aside from Golovkin and Canelo because Golovkin and Canelo, you got them tied up into the same fight, so it's no, you can't spread it out during the year. So who else do they have that brings the eyeballs over there? So they're trying to create this monster. They're, the the reaches are just bounds, out of bounds, talking about Mike Tyson and comparisons to Roy Jones and shit like this, just <laughs> fucking ridiculous. So, you know, man, those guys over there are desperate. It, it seems like the memo went out and said, hey, we got to really make this guy a household name. We got to really, you know, put on our pom-poms and our fucking leotards tonight and make Jaime Munguia way more than he is. Uh, Liam Smith, a respectable fighter in my estimation, but nothing to say, hey, here's the uh, the stepping stone that we say Jaime Munguia is now a real, real contender. He got the WBO belt. So, you know, I'd like to see the kid in the mix, though. Uh, Jared Hurd fighting Jaime Munguia, let's, hey, let's, let's be honest, man, that's a fantastic fucking slugfest. You know what I mean? So, oh, yeah. I think – 
Yeah, so anytime you put this kid in with someone who's down to fight, you're going to get a good fight. So excited. Again, like I wasn't excited about the future of Usyk, but I do feel he'll have a great career. I don't feel Jaime Munguia may have as good of a career as Usyk may go on to have, but I'm way more excited to see him going forward. So, yeah, excited about Jaime Munguia's emergence at the uh, 154-pound division. For sure, man, for sure. I, I feel if you just look at both styles with him and her, if they were to get something going, um, that would be another fight where the fans would be on their feet like they were yesterday for most part of the fight. Now against a guy yeah. like Arizona Lara, I could see some problems being for this kid, and it might be just a clean shutout unless he can really bother him with something as far as that power that he has. But he's definitely a, a really good young fighter for them to, I mean, uh, building them up from a young age. He's already got some good names under his under his belt as of getting Saddam Ali out of there quickly as he did, and uh, really not not having too much problems with Liam Smith. Um, and then you, the, he's already got the whole little the, the the legend behind. Oh, he he wanted to fight Gennady Golovkin too. So I can see what they're doing with this kid, and so far he's looking really good. But um, we got uh, D. Willa coming with us finally, and I know Willa might want to comment on some of the things you had to say or something like that. So. I'll take it to the co-host of this show and see how my man Will is doing on all his traveling, getting back to Houston, Texas safe, as I hope. What's going on, Will? Oh, man, nothing much, man. Hey, you know, y'all been holding it down. Good show. Uh, great. Great boxing this weekend. Well, I say great boxing. It was uh, some It was some boxing this weekend. Uh, they, the young bull, Jaime Mangia, proved that he is what – what we say he is a young bull um, out there walking through Liam Smith's punches. Liam Smith, hey, he went out there like a G. Uh, I give a lot of respect to him. He didn't go out like a sucker, even though he was getting washed uh, every every round. They were all right rounds. You know, the fight wasn't boring, even though it was a one-sided fight. Mungia um, got hit way too many times. I don't think he's ready for the big dogs at all. Um, you know, I heard that, you know, they wanted to say, I heard, uh, JP said, heard and those guys, I don't think he's seasoned enough. Um, and with that said, I think it'll be smart for them to just go ahead and hold that bell hostage for the next, uh, year or two, get some good fights. You know, he already has two good fights under his, under his belt with Ali and Smith, uh, you know, get some better fights. Well, uh and not, well, Jaime was the one, not, not to interrupt you, Willa, not to interrupt you now, but Jaime was the one uh, speaking out about Hurd's name, saying he wanted to unify. So, you know, this this little kid's trying to tell, talk talk to talk already. No, definitely. Uh, and that's what he needs to do. You know, he needs to be talking unification. He needs to be talking all the good stuff. But at the end of the day, uh, he still got he still got a little bit more work to do. He's not running through Charlo's punches. He's probably not running through Hurd's punches. Um, you know, he'll get eight Laura up. Laura stores them. Yeah, uh, Laura probably. Laura's a better, you know, Laura isn't knocking boys out, so it might be he might have a better chance. But, yeah, he's getting schooled by Laura. Um, but he's so big that he'll get it down eventually. He's out there punching. He's got that uh, that real Mexican style where he's just punching. You punch him, he's punching you. Unlike that, uh, you know, yeah. not this fake style, <laughs> fake, fake, um, triple G, little G, uh, Mexican style. He's got the real deal out there, and uh, it was a good fight, man. I enjoyed this fight, uh, but 
after after the fight, I give him a you know y'all give him grades. I'm gonna give him probably a, a B B plus because he did with it. Well, no, I'm gonna give him a B. He got hit too many times, um, but he was in there against the best fighter that he's fought, and he washed him. Um, probably eleven to one, maybe yeah, probably eleven to one. So, um, hey, I'm looking forward to seeing him fight. I'm not as hyped on him as I was after the after the uh, Ali fight, but you know I'm looking forward to seeing him fight. And I think eventually, you know, him only being 21 years old, eventually he'll get it done and he'll be uh he'll be the top dog. Well, I don't no 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 he'll be able to fight the top dog. But like I said, if I was him, if I was De La Hoya, I'd see De La Hoya is pushing very hard to try to be his uh, United States. And like worldwide promoter, he's got promotion out of Tijuana, but uh, De La Hoya is trying to be his, his big time promoter, pushing hard for that. And De La Hoya, as we've seen with Canelo, and these guys knows how to groom guys. Um, hopefully, uh, yeah, hopefully he'll get groomed uh, the correct way. We'll get to see him fight some uh, big fights without taking that big of a chance until he gets up until a couple years where he can fight the Charlos. And the in uh, the herds of the division. One hundred percent, man. He was, um, it, you know, with the way his fighting style is, and and as much pop as he has in his punches, he's always going to be in a fight. Um, looks like he has a pretty rock solid head. He we haven't really seen him in danger. He took some really good shots yesterday from Liam Smith, but Liam Smith really had a lot taken away from him yesterday. He was just going off of pure heart and, 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 and blood and guts, basically. You know, um, didn't have much of the blood. He was just taking some of the, the punishment that this kid had. But it was, a, it was a veteran fighter in there with a young kid, and you could tell for the first three rounds of the fight, like, man, I don't know if this Jaime Munguia is as good as everyone says. You know, uh, I know Letterman scored uh, three of the first four rounds for Munguia, which – I don't know how he did that. Like, you know, I like Munguia and don't really care for Liam Smith, but it, just to call a spade a spade, I thought that he was winning the first few rounds of the fight. But, um, you know, Oscar De La Hoya, as you mentioned, pushing this kid, being really smart about some of the things they say about him too, is uh, they they put the whole idea of him making easier work of Liam Smith than Canelo did. Good PR move. Anytime someone can talk about, um, Jaime or, or Canelo's name being brought up Or if they just search something Canelo on Twitter You might run into an article that says Jaime Munguia will try to Make easier work of Liam Smith Than Canelo Alvarez and you're wondering Who's Jaime Munguia So it has good uh, public relations And headlines as far as getting this guy Some more notoriety um, But about the uh, Alexander Usyk fight And Murad Gassia fight If you'd like to comment on that one Willa Because I know you were talking to me about it yesterday Out of nowhere Oh, well, you know, just uh, I know you were very hyped. You know, I came on last week uh, letting everybody know that, you know, this was a, a fight that nobody was really, you know, that I really wasn't excited about. But, you you know, you sort of hyped it up, you know. <laughs> Told us how, you know, Gusev was going to come in there and rock this new guy. This guy had no chance. It was going to be a good fight. And then, you know, we saw what we saw. It wasn't. Um, <laughs> You know, you did hype it up. You had you had me watching it, even though I knew I knew what was gonna happen. I knew I didn't want to watch the fight, but 
I watch it. I hit you up like, hey, the fight's on. You know, the app is clear as day. You know. Um, yeah, yeah. Yeah, we're, watch, we're watching it. Yeah, we. Every, and then it's just the watching. Uh, we see a guy that doesn't look like he wants. Looks like he's too slow. A guy that doesn't want to fight. God damn, that's just loud. Uh, a guy that doesn't want to fight. Um, it was just you know, just the Russian mess over there, man. Um, Abel Sanchez, this guy looked pretty trashy. Uh, this guy Usyk, who you know, who's supposed to be like the up and come, well, you know, a up and coming guy, sorta. You know, he's not young per se, but. He looked good out there, way faster. He has no, like, he, you know, his punching power isn't really there. Um, these guys, it is what it is. Uh, I guess, see, nobody, again, this is the question I asked. It seems like he's the undisputed champion, but nobody's using that word, right? Everybody's saying unified. So I don't know if it's because these guys, nobody cares about these guys, that they're not trying to, Give that credit, or is there? You know, I don't really understand what's going on. I tried to do a little, little imp, look, look into it a little more to see why this guy isn't being claimed the undisputed cruiserweight champion. I see there's like some other belt on the thing that nobody has. Maybe I don't know. Um, but this is a big deal. Did these guys? You know, afterwards we said maybe these guys should break the top ten after that crap. Uh, nah, I, none of these guys. That guy uh, Usyk isn't a top ten fighter from what I saw from his. And that's just based off his opponent. So, hey, it was what we thought, well, at least what I thought it was going to be. I know it, they, it let you down a little bit. But these are, you know, these are not U.K., but uh, U.K.-style oh, fighters. So, yeah. <laughs> they're not U.K., but they're, they're fighting straight oh, up. Man. So they're not, they have no fast twitch muscles. They're just out there. They're not really doing the thing. But, and, and yeah, but I don't know like, any other cruiser. They're like, they're like robots, huh? Yeah, that's it. Rock 'em, sock 'em, robots, and it wasn't even no socking 'em, just uh, no rocking 'em, just socking 'em, <laughs> just get punched. It wasn't that good, man. But uh, you know, much respect to to uh, Usyk. He looked good. You know, he looked like he was the way better fighter, way faster, uh, way more skilled. Uh, knew what the hell he was doing. So, you know, I'll give him a a, a for effort, I guess. As as I'll give you an A for effort trying to say that I said that this is, oh, Usyk has no chance and Gatsy is going to kill him. I don't think I came on and said that. I said it would be a good fight. Maybe you should tune into it. So, yeah, I, you know, I thought Gatsy was going to win, but I didn't think it was going to be a complete washing or nothing like that. The agent of misinformation, Willa. Hey, man, I don't, I just, you know, my, my uh, memory is sort of foggy. I just remember me not being hyped. And then you pump in it a little bit for me saying, yeah, yeah, I'm going to go ahead and watch this shit. And you saying Gusev was going to win. I got a, a text from your uh, from your uh, your long-lost uncle in Seattle. He said the same thing. And it just tickled me that y'all were both wrong once again. But, you know, besides that, that was a trash fight. Ah, yeah, that's what you were texting me about yesterday. That's right. Um. <sighs> You know, it ain't the first time I've got to fight wrong, and it won't be the last time. So, uh, but moving forward, if it's a Russian involved in a fight, we better be talking about Dmitry Bivo, or I ain't picking no Russian fighter moving forward from here on out. Lessons been learned. Um, but, man, I'm not really worried about it. I'm not really worried about it. Moving forward, they're, they're talking about the 
Usyk possibly moving up to heavyweight or possibly looking at a fight with Andre Ward. You know, his he just upped his cachet with walking away with all four belts and the Ali trophy yesterday. Punches together really well. I think at a certain point in, in that fight, he threw about an eight-punch combination in where Garcia just looked like a big dummy. So maybe he could get something moving forward uh, as far as getting his name out there and doing stuff like that. But speaking from a guy that, you know, from the first few fights, we were saying how Munguia looked green, uh, Liam Smith looked tough, Usyk had easy work, Garcia looked like trash. Fighter of the year for this podcast a year ago, the guy who was an underdog fighter in both fights against the number one pound-for-pound Chocolatito getting knocked out in the second fight after getting beat up in the first fight. Sarafket Soarungvisai was in the ring yesterday in his showcase fight homecoming that he had, scheduled for 10 rounds against Young Gibe. Kid coming off, well, I'm not going to say kid. He's 30 years of age, um, seven years older than Sarafket. So you know it's a showcase when you're coming up against a guy who has one of the most heavy hands pound for pound in boxing and the left hand that Rungvisai has. Coming off a 15-month layoff, seeing what he just did to Chocolatito, probably not in the best interest for you to maybe get loans in advance as far as beating a guy who's in the top 10 pound for pound rankings knowing that you're going to, or thinking that you're going to get more money down the road. Hopefully, bargain smart. But yesterday, our guy was in the ring yesterday, Willa, and he said he will be back in the ring in this October. But it only took him two minutes and 45 seconds to, I mean, absolutely obliterate this guy. So Rungvisai coming off the two biggest upsets in boxing and just a complete easy showcase win. Um, any comments you got to say about our man from Thailand? Oh, no, man. I didn't get to see that at all. Um, I read about that he got the easy knockout. We we pretty much saw that was coming. Uh, looking forward to him to going back to his uh, his regular weight and defending them belts. Uh, so, uh, yeah, that's that's pretty much all I got on that. We knew, yeah, we knew yeah, what was yeah. going to happen. I mean, <laughs> yeah, um, I, I think that when you're a guy at that weight class, because uh, this fight was at a catch weight. Uh, so um, it was a showcase for sure. <laughs> but, you know, when you have uh, uh, coming off that kind of a knockout that you did against a fighter like Chocolatito, you had to have uh, uh, get the show to impress. Uh, do you want to let's, – let's take it to uh, Janelle and then JP, see if they got a take on this fight or if Janelle's got something he wants to talk about as uh, from a certain comment that he had overheard. Janelle, you with us, man? Uh, anything on this uh, – Rungvisai and any other? Uh, what comment are you talking about? No. Um, oh, about uh, one um, the uh, uh, um, fight earlier, my brother. Um, the Kawasaki comment, I believe it was something like that. I don't know. Was that you that texted me that? I'm not sure. This is my Joe Kawasaki thing. Yeah, but okay. Um, oh, oh, you can't oh, remember. Oh, oh, oh. <laughs> he does the title Nah, Joe's my boy. You know I got to defend my boy, man. I mean, anybody oh, yeah, that knows right. Joe's, 
Anybody know Joe's career as far as early in his career, he was known for loading up with the big left and getting guys out of there. But when his hands began to break down and, and deteriorate is when he, he stopped loading up with his shots and just uh, overwhelmed guys with a high volume and his excellent condition and stuff. I mean, but at the end of the day, I mean, he still got knockouts. I mean, he still scored knockdowns and knockouts. So it was like, how can you disrespect the guy? I mean, uh, I mean, shit, look at Jeff Lacey's face after him. I mean, that's why he should have been stopped. That fight was far from boring. That was a, I mean, it was one-sided, but it was a, it was a damn sure exciting uh, match. Uh, same thing with Kessler. It was an exciting match. But, I mean, anybody knows Joe's career, man. Joe was known for loading up and getting guys out of early his career, but his hands his hands are ten times worse than Floyd Mayweather's hands. And Floyd gets a pass because of his brittle hands. But his, I mean, his oh, hands yeah. are ten times worse. His doctor recommended him to retire. Is why, on uh, after the oh, I, I, um, I think it was the Manfredo fight. Uh, he's told to retire, and that's what he just said about a couple more fights. He's gonna call it a quit, so he's gonna call it a day or whatever. And and that's what led to him retiring. Actually, it was because of his hands were that damn bad. It it was ten times worse than Floyd. So it's like, I mean, but the guy gave you excitement. I mean, I, mean, I think that's a little wrong to say uh, Joe Kawasaki, but you got guys like Hopkins who once he moved up in weight, man, he. I mean, he was dirty fighting. That was basically it, really. <laughs> you know what I mean? I mean, but hey, I don't knock JP, man. JP's cool. Dude, he's a cool dude, man. You know what I mean, it is what it is. No, I know you had to defend your guy, so, I mean, yeah, I don't, if, if, if anybody was somebody like that, of course, I'm right there. I'm right there getting getting my shots off as well. So, I feel you. I feel you on that. Just wanted you to let you get in there for your man. But um, did you say anything about this? So, this guy's still a longer side guy. Uh, just obliterated this dude who looked like he should be working at a gas station yesterday. Um, um, I didn't catch know, this that little one. Guy, this little that guy packed catch. a pretty hard punch, though. Um, first round stoppage in two minutes and 45 seconds, um, continuing, I mean, continuing to just run through guys. Um, not the smartest idea if you're a guy on a 15-month layoff that's 38 going on 39 years of age to get in there with somebody unless they can offer you whatever the money is called over there in Thailand. I think he was from North Korea, the the opponent. So, um, but, yeah, uh, um, JP, uh, are you still there with us? Anything you want to uh, follow up on this last subject? And Joe Calzaghe talk uh, before we get to some of the outside-the-ring stuff here. Uh, man, I won't claim to, to know Joe's early career. But that's part of the discredit. You know how it goes. If you haven't made it here, you've never made it. And so for us, we don't know if all those dudes Joe beat before he got over here and start mixing up our older champions, uh, were they a I mean, bunch of JoJo Dan? Dan. <laughs> you see, that's ridiculous. Were they all, yeah, were they all JoJo Dan? I won. It was a lot of Americans oh, who went there and fought him. Uh, uh, Charles Brewer was from Philadelphia. He went there and fought him. And he got it easily handled. A lot of those guys he beat were actually from America. If you if you look if you look at it, a lot of guys went there to fight him, and and they just got washed. But as far as like so, the fight in America, that's, that's that's extremely overrated. It's like looking over there, for instance. I mean, guys saw fucking fifty thousand fans come out to uh, support their fighters. When does that happen here in America? Not since the Joe Lewis days that even happened here in America. I mean, it's just like I mean, and at the end of the day, I mean, hey. If this we could sell soccer stadiums at, yeah, oh, by all means, man, fight there. I don't give a damn. But see, a lot of those guys he fought were from America. I right, granted so the division you, he was in, it was pretty weak what, at that time. 
uh, once again, it was a pretty weak division, and I'll get back to you. But at the end of the day, man, he called out Hopkins a long time ago, and Hopkins kept giving the runaround. Uh, after Hopkins beat Tito, if you look at his resume after he beat Tito, up until the um, up until what fight? Up until like, I won't say that whole fight because that fight was just a, I mean, I'm, I'm a circus fight actually. But he fought a bunch of bums from Spain. He fought, he fought a bums from Spain. He avoided Roy Jones for a very long time. Um, he gave Hop, uh, Joe the runaround. I mean, after he beat Tito, he fought a bunch of nobodies for a long time. He fought a bunch of nobodies. And no one but he had a he had no, a James no, Tony he had a James huh? Tony he had a Roy Jones on his record. No, he didn't fight. James also, Tony. James Tony? they didn't fight. No, no, no. Hopkins fell though. I could have no, fought James James early. Okay, my mistake. That but, was Roy, um, Jones, was Roy Jones. That was Roy Jones. But, see, but I'm saying Hopkins having a, a um a young Roy Jones when they in a close fight. I think that gives, you know, the the status or the cachet to where if you compare the two, we don't have. So you telling me if I look at Joe Calzaghe's box wreck, I'm going to look over and say, oh, you know what? Wow, he does no, have some credible no, no. fights on there. That's not what I was saying. That's not what I was the point I was making is that after Hopkins beat Tito, it's like you want the best in that, in that, in that line, like as far as being mainstream. He, he fought a bunch of no-name nobodies for a long time. Up until yeah, um, I agree. You know what I'm saying, and the and guys like Joe wanted to fight with him, and there was talk the fight was happening, and then Hopkins uh, said he wanted more money. He got more money and still turned the fight down, and he turned down Roy Jones on uh, live on HBO on uh, TV actually uh, on the back in '02. And Hopkins never really won those two fights at that time, man. He just didn't. I'm sorry, man. I guess Hopkins is like that all the credit in the world. He has a better resume than Joe. Wrecks. If we compare box wrecks, who's going to have the better box wreck? I just said Hopkins has a better record, a uh, uh, better resume. Well, see, that's all I'm saying. Like, that's all I'm saying. At that see, time, that's though, when you across that, that water. Though, at that time, though, he was avoiding Joe, and he fought a bunch of no-name nobodies for a long time. Is what I'm saying, and that's the point that I was making. At that Hopkins time, fought, he didn't fought Glenn Johnson in the in the early nineties. You know what yes, I mean? and Glenn Johnson so, wasn't that molded yet. He had no amateur background. He wasn't really ready for Hopkins yet. And then when he got ready, uh, Hopkins never really wanted that fight. Uh, later, you argue, on TV, Tad Dawson, it was time when he came on the old show that we used to be on. He came on the old show. And he's like, yeah, Hopkins has been giving me running around since. Uh, granted, yes, he beat me. He knocked me out early in my career. But back then, he had damn near no amateur career, no experience, and he really wasn't ready for it at the time. And and like by the time he got ready for Hopkins, uh, had all the experience in the world, uh, Hopkins was a no show. He wanted no part when, at that time. Early nineties men, uh, Glenn Johnson was basically amateur fighting pro. Basically, he was not ready for any big fight at that time. Hey, you have the you have the uh, hindsight being twenty twenty. I don't I don't know. You know these 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 things the you truth. are saying it's the truth, fact, though, They could possibly be speculation. I, we don't know if these things you are saying about. Uh, Bernard didn't want okay. this smoke, and Bernard didn't want he, that smoke. We don't know he, that as okay. fact, but we'll take it as fact. No, no, because it's we fact. Because yeah, that yeah, fight. Janelle, Janelle, Janelle. Because you, if you remember, if you remember, Janelle, Bernard Hopkins once said. Well, and he. 
exactly. and, he, and he got beat. <laughs> he got beat by Hopkins. I mean, I mean, he got beat by um, uh, Joe. He got beat by Kovalev. He got knocked out. <laughs> hey, but if I'm saying that at that time, and he said he wanted more money, and Frank won. Um, after that fight, when Joe Kawasaki beat Charles Brewer, and and Frank won't even even talk about the negotiations that was going on about. At the time, uh, Frank Warren was actually up promoting Joe Kazak at the time. Charles at that time, there was up to fight with him Joe going on. And then, and then, told Frank on prospects he wanted to fight back then. But then weeks later, he said, "By he wanted more money, he got more money, and then he still turned to fight down. He fought a bunch of, he fought a dude from Spain who was basically nobody. So Janelle, Janelle, all Roy, all Roy Jones' league. If we look at Joe's box wreck how many noteworthy fighters will we see prior to the no, Jeff Lacey? No, that's not point I'm making. All I'm saying I know, is at that time, I'm making a point. At that time, though, fam, at that time when Joe yeah. wanted Hopkins. Hold on, hold on, one at a time, Janelle. Let him get his in. Go ahead, JP. So I, I get the point you're making. But if, if you can't, can't say somebody is solid and validated by saying – well, you know, we just we don't have no basis. We don't have nothing to base it on. And I'm not discrediting Joe saying he's not solid. I'm just raising the assertion that we just don't have a whole bunch to base that on. You know what I mean? All those, what do you have, 40-plus fights over there of guys we know nothing about? So if we, we you know, Canelo came over here 35 fights deep already, was it something like that? Who was the first 35 guys? We don't know. You know, so he had to come over here and beat the Alfonso Gomez's of the world and keep beating the Matthew Hatton. So we say, okay, now it's legit. But we didn't base him off of them 35 guys he just showed up with. You know, so I mean, I, that's Canelo all I'm saying. Uh, but Canelo wasn't calling top guys the way uh, Joe was. Joe was calling Hopkins. As soon as Hopkins beat Tito, he began calling out Hopkins left after every one of his fights. After the McIntyre fight, after the Charles Brewer fight, live on television. After every one of those fights, he, he called the Hopkins. Um, at that point, Hopkins did not want Joe. Even when the fight was made, it's like Hopkins didn't really want the fight. It's the fact that the boxing public trained for the fight. Because after we did the Kessler and Lacey and Manfredo, okay, maybe this guy really is something uh, special or whatever. And I don't think Hopkins never really wanted with a guy that athletic, that fast hands, because he's MC, even with Roy Jones. Uh, like he avoided Roy Jones back in 02. He, he waited for Roy Jones to get his of consecutive losses back to back to back before he fought Roy in the rematch. He wanted Roy basically completely done. No more athleticism, no more fast hands, no more quick feet. He know what his weakness is. Even with the Chad Dawson fight, he didn't want that fight. Because I was Chad Dawson um uh, uh unified division. He was called Hopkins for a very long time. I mean, it's certain guys that Hopkins know what the problem for him. And as soon as uh, John Casco beat um what's call it uh, Chad Dawson. Out the blue hockey, okay, yeah, yeah. I want John Pascal. I want Pascal. Why? Because he knew that John Pascal is like a big version of a jab shooter. He's a front runner. He's like four rounds, four or five rounds, and then that's basically it. And that's why he jumped on John Pascal. And then after he beat John Pascal, if you remember that Friday night fight, and Ted has actually pulled his card about fighting a, a Chad Dawson and put him on the spot. And it's like his ego was basically uh, 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 crushed at that time. And, and then he took the fight. And you saw what happened in that first fight. He faked the goddamn injury. He faked the little injury. That's what a bullshit injury. He fucking faked this shit. He, he, he did not want that fight. I'm sorry, man. He, it's certain guys that Hopkins know what the problem for him. 
it's certain guys he knows, and that's a fact. I guess he's a yeah. legend from all the props in the world, but it's certain guys that he knows the problems for, man. Yeah, I, I, and it sounds like Janelle knows exactly what he's talking about, man, and I'm going to digress. It sounds like Janelle got this one. Uh, this argument goes to Janelle. Shout out to Joe Calzaghe, though. No disrespect to Joe. You know, I'm just all I said is like we don't know them people, but um, it sounds like I mean, Neil but, knows but, what he's talking about. No, one hundred percent, one hundred percent. We giving, appreciate that. We're giving, uh, we're giving, uh, giving a chance to debate I about California dudes. Man. I give a lot of props. I like that, man. I love y'all dudes, man. Oh, <laughs> much respect, man. Much respect. Um, now, um, you know, we can almost stay on the same type of a subject as far as what guys are calling out what guys and who wants to see who. But when we're talking about the heavyweight division, uh, as I said earlier, Anthony Joshua just announcing the fight with uh, Alexander Povetkin, which they had a face-off and a whole lot of people were there, including one Jarrell Big Baby Miller. Funny how, I mean, I find it kind of strange how a guy can lift so much weight and have welterweight power. It's crazy. But if he had as much power as his mouthpiece, he'd be knocking everybody out. Jarrell Big Baby Miller kind of crashed the party with the whole zone that they had going on with Eddie Hearn and, and, and all that thing. I, I mean, it, 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 it's uh, definitely for debate if it was uh, something that was some sort of stage. But we know that Jarrell, Jarrell Miller likes to run his mouth and say all kinds of crazy things. But one thing I was surprised about was after he is running his mouth, how sensitive Anthony Joshua was about some comment he made. Um, Jarrell Miller can, you know, talk with the best of him. He's been calling Anthony Joshua this G-string, English muffin, eating Calvin Klein, all these names, sweet and low, sugar in his tank, all this stuff. You know how Jarrell gets down. He calls him Joshua Anthony. He calls Deontay Wilder, Beyonce Wilder. Good charismatic guy in the heavyweight division. Um, get into the beef section of boxing that's on the outside the rings type of a, a, a direction we're going. One thing Seattle Simon told me was about the whole Wilder-Joshua fight not getting to happen this year and, and all this, that. Hard to see Anthony Joshua fight Deontay Wilder before he's Jarrell Miller to be his American debut and then kind of going towards Wilder. Makes you wonder because he's got two fights scheduled at Wembley. One of them is having extra seats, the one being in April, uh, following his fight with Pavietkin. Uh, um, but Jarrell Miller, always a a funny guy. For those who missed it, let's take it to the clip that Jarrell Miller had for Anthony Joshua that seemed to bother him when he started talking about his mom. Listen, AJ, you sweet and low, you cotton candy, you apple jack, apple juice, pansy, throwing wears, sucker. You lucky Eddie Hearns between you. I'm gonna bust your ass. But I got a date with your mom anyway. You know, hearing mom jokes and stuff like that is beyond me. But Jarrell Miller nonetheless knows how to get in the guy's head. 
especially like Joshua was doing at YouTube, you could find on uh, a YouTube interview you could find when he's talking about, this is what he said. Next question. Anthony Joshua is like, you know, I'm still thinking about that comment. As it bothered him. I'm sure anybody listening to the show seen the episodic Martin involving Martin Lawrence when all his friends would be kicking it in his apartment and then they start making jokes about how big his ears are or how big his head is or talking about his mom's mustache. Martin laughs for a slight second and tells him to get out. Kicks him out as he always does. I'm on that same level when it comes to mama jokes. (laughs) But Anthony Joshua looked like either he was going for a uh, Oscar-worthy type performance and that being that it bothered him setting up his second fight to be with Jarrell Miller after this Povietkin outcome instead of Deontay Wilder. Or maybe we're looking too far into it, but it's turned into the fact that he's talked about my mom and it makes him upset. Um, Willa, I'm going to take it to you first and see how you got to how you feel about this whole situation? Because I'm dumbfounded right now. It, it looks like a shoot to me, but at the same time, I can see this one kind of building forward towards getting the American public captivated by a guy like Jarrell Miller, who has a pretty good following for not knocking anybody out in the heavyweight division, making waves with his entrance wearing the uh, Black Panther and things like that. Said that made him uh, aware of the public perspective from boxing fans and people who are aware of other things that get brought up on social media as far as entrances with the uh, Black Panther and things like that. He's got some notoriety around him. He's uh, known by weightlifters in the community from being from New York, and then they kind of expand where it gets to a a viewing that's so much so in the fit people of today and also in kickboxing and shit like that. So he's uh, – Jarrell Miller is definitely getting his name out there doing a whole lot of different things, but – Shit talking ain't nothing new from a New Yorker. And Big Baby Miller does some pretty damn good shit talking. Uh, your whole take on this before we get around to the guy. Well, you know, um, Big Baby Dave uh, Miller, Big Baby Dave, Big Baby Miller, one of your guys that you brought to the to the scene, a guy that you turned everybody on to, a guy that you were very up on, until we found out that he had no knockout power. So he's out here running his mouth, which is the second best thing he could do. Um, and, you know, <laughs> it sounds good, but what, what we got to remember is that we've seen where Eddie Hearn told him, hey, we need you to talk. We need you to uh, talk a lot of noise. We need you to hype up the fight. So that's what he's doing. Um is it personal? Probably not. He's just trying to get paid. I seen uh, Lennox Lewis not too long ago tried to say something to him on Twitter, and he's just letting Lennox Lewis know that, hey, he's got to do what he has to do to get paid. And that's what he's doing. So I'm not going to hate on him. But does anybody want to see him and Joshua fight? No, nah, not really. Um, does this make me want to see it more? Maybe a little bit. If If you're – if you're sitting back and you're thinking this is personal, you think that Joshua is is really mad at these comments that he's making a uh, day with the mom or whatnot, it might make it a little more interesting. But at the end of the day, uh, 
Miller is a B-minus heavyweight, if even that. And this is all he has. So when when it's all when all you do is talk noise, I really, I really don't have nothing for you. You know, that's just you know that's the way I see it. And that's your only tool to bring up to bring to the table. Uh, I'm not interested. <laughs> yeah, he, he runs his mouth with the best of them. Then uh, from the Brownsville section of New York, also that gives a little bit extra clout to it. Um, was a big fan of the guy. Yeah, he's been uh, until I, I got turned off when he was talking about the, uh, talking about shit with uh, Deontay Wilder's girl and all that. So uh, yeah, he, he he's going to show that he's down to get to the nitty gritty if need be. Um, Janelle, let's take it to you. And uh, I mean, I'm looking at this one like the UK brother might be that sensitive to get bothered by this comment and want to fight him next because basically he controls his own destiny. Get a fight to the American public before he faces the American champion, Deontay Wilder, getting in the ring with Jarrell Miller first. But some of this shit talk, um, you know, it seemed to me like they're setting up something as far as after this Povetkin fight, he's got to get revenge on a dude who was talking shit about his mom. Well, that's exactly what it is. What do you think exactly about it? What it is. I mean, that's exactly what it is. But I agree with oh, Willow 110%. Um, I, mean, I don't see much in this guy other than his mouth, other than his little slick mouth. But yeah, and like, yeah, you're right, man. They basically setting it up for this fight next. And it's just, I mean, it'll generate some money. It's like, at the end of the day, that wild fight's still going to be there. You know, I mean, it's still going to be there regardless. Like, it's like when Kell Brook went up and fought Triple G. All right, the Spence fight was still there. So why not get paid off both of these fights, you know? And, and But that's just, but that's basically what's going to happen. I mean, I mean the Wilder fight's going to be there because, again, I don't think no other heavyweight's going to upset Wilder right now. Uh, if there's any, you know what I'm saying? So that's basically what's going on. Just kill two birds with one stone, let you get paid, and, and – uh, Let's take on Wilder by another year or two later. Who knows? No, for sure. I, don't I see you. I see you, um, I see you man. Um, one more beef we got to get to real quick. I mean, um, I, I thought about, I thought about how old this shit was when you're talking about Floyd Mayweather and Fifty Cent. Seemed like they were besties for a while. And everything was going all smooth. Since, I mean, Man, both bad guys, recall, bad guys in the rap game. Hold on, Janelle. Let me let me get to you. Let me just finish this one up. Uh, we had, you, you know, the whole them being best friends and 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 going through these sort of alpha pains, I guess if you could call them that, because you know both guys are both guys are alpha males and and you didn't see a friendship like this lasting without any repercussions. Uh, I mean, it, it, it really is surprising to see how they've been going on this long, like a divorced couple. Always getting into arguments, always throwing each other's dirt out there. And they did it again. Floyd trying to buy females love and Floyd throwing dirt about 50 cents 
son that doesn't want nothing to do with him, and a son that 50 Cent is still unsure of. That's his. These guys go low. And the whole beef with beef with these two guys coming back at it was kind of just out of nowhere. 50 Cent writing about the uh, the way his rough draft was before it was eloquently spoken and put out with proper grammar. And, you know, they just, these, these two guys can't get enough of each other, man. And uh, the way that they go off on each other, just to give you guys a little refresher, here's one of the funny clips from 50 Cent that got some of these things brought back to life with Floyd Mayweather Jr. The special A-S-L-E-L-S challenge for you, Floyd. If you can read one full page of a Harry Potter book, nigga, I'll give 750000 to whatever charitable organization you want to. Fuck the buck, guys. We got guys, grown men, throwing these digs at each other. stuff about reading the Harry Harry Potter book. It's hilarious. I like to see it. And now 50 Cent is getting them hard with the following he has on social media. Get the strap. Willa, let's go to you first, and then we'll take it to Janelle on this whole beef with the divorced couple of boxing, the former promoter or former headman of SMS Promotions, and Floyd Mayweather. What do you think about this whole beef that they had going on in the last 48 hours? Well, uh, yeah, I saw the the, uh, uh, the the Floyd Long post that he put out there uh, claiming that it was 50 was an informant, you know, that he had herpes maybe and that he was just, his career is over. And that, uh, it sounded good. I mean, everything was very, you know, I saw the, the, uh, the, the clips where, like, the headlines were, Floyd Ether is 50, uh, Floyd Mayweather kills 50. So, I, you know, I looked at it, I read it, you know, just some shit that they always do. You know, now 50's coming out talking about he's got 11 domestic violence cases and stuff like that. It's getting very personal. Uh, like you said, we all saw it coming. Uh, two guys like that, um, both of them now on on the downside of their careers. Um, Floyd, Floyd on the downside, but still making hundreds and hundreds of millions of dollars, while while Fifty is just out there. You know, he's surviving, and I think he's probably make he's staying relevant the way he can. Uh, this is entertainment, the entertainment business. So I don't know, I don't put it past these guys, but these are pretty, pretty tough blows. Uh, herpes, uh, domestic violence. It's getting very personal, um, and. They might box us a little bit. That might be. It might be coming. <laughs> we might be seeing a celebrity box boxing match, hundreds of thousands, hundreds of millions of dollars on the line. Uh, yeah, just just be looking for that. It, there's always an angle with these two guys. There's always an angle. <laughs> Man, I'm telling you, this this whole thing is kind of funny how it's all turned out to be. Um, yeah, we know that, that with these two guys, it's probably not the last time they're going to take some personal blows at each other. So I'm just sitting back eating popcorn, waiting for the end. But, um, you know, speaking of the end, we um, 
coming up towards our time restriction at this point in time. Willa, where are you at right now, man? Are you home yet? How much longer before you get to Houston, Texas, before we get up out of here? Uh, no, I'm uh, yeah, I'm at the house, man. I'm chilling now, so just relaxing, uh, getting ready to start the week off. All right, all right, man. Well, we're going to wrap it up here. We got a big week coming up forward as far as the preview show on Wednesday, and I'll be out in Los Angeles on Thursday. I already got the pass from JP, so um, be out there until Monday, I believe. Going to go check out the press, the weigh-in, and the fight where I'll also meet up with Willa. And uh, we got a big week coming up forward. I'm looking forward to it, man. It's about time I get out of this this heat we got in Central Cali and, and enjoy the the waves, the raves, and the babes out there. We're going to say something derogative, but I'm not going to do that. It's, we're in a good place right now. But I want to thank Janelle for coming on and JP rocking with us, Willa for hanging around with us throughout your, 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 uh, your moments through getting back home, always traveling. We both, we, we both will be traveling this week. And uh, I'd like to meet a lot of you people out there that's going to be attending the fight. I know Jacob was talking to me about it earlier. So we'll see how these things go. Big preview coming up on Wednesday, hosted by Willa. You can follow him at Willa, T-H-A, King, on social media. From Central California, Houston, Texas, the East Coast, and Long Beach, California. I want to thank everybody for joining us today. This is the Outsiders Boxing Podcast, and we are the most dangerous boxing podcast that will be on the scene come Staples Center this week. RC, Outsiders Boxing Podcast. Until Wednesday, folks, be safe. And don't do the goddamn Shiggy Challenge. No more hand hearts from grown men. We out. Mama, I love you. P.O.P. All the time.